It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Day three of the NFL Draft is in the books. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine, and we come to you today on this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast to talk about day three, James. Tomorrow, we will do our full draft recap show. We'll go top to bottom. We'll get grades. We'll talk about overall impressions, and we'll probably get some of that today as well. But now that we have the entire draft in its retrospective, we will revisit things tomorrow, like the second round pick, which is not just Jackson Carmen but includes a couple of fourth-round picks as well. And let's go right into the fourth round, James. The Bengals made their first pick today pretty early on, picking 111, the first pick of the day, 106, of course. And we were talking about, I, I guess I should say, I was talking about Stone Forsythe, Trey Smith, some other some um, interior defensive lineman, Tommy Togiai, all day. And instead, the Bengals pulled a 2020 Bengals and double-dipped in the third and fourth rounds and go right back to the edge rusher position with Cameron Sample from Tulane. This is a guy that we've talked about on this podcast in the past. We had connected to the Bengals in the past, had a great senior bowl, had quality of competition questions, can play inside and outside. And that right there is, I think, the key for him is that he he has the experience playing as a nickel rusher on the interior as well. And that versatility combined with Joseph Osai earlier, I like the pass rush juice, but at this point in the draft, James, as I was watching, I'm starting to think, oh, maybe we're not going to get that offensive line value that I was hoping for in the fourth round. I was surprised with the sample pick. Not not necessarily like in the moment. It's like, oh, wow, they they went back to it. But you mentioned something there, the versatility. I think that's exactly why he got picked where he did. Uh, the Senior Bowl, again, by the way, think about how many times the Senior Bowl was mentioned last year with all of the picks that the Bengals made. And it was captain, oh, captain, my captain, Senior Bowler, Senior Bowler, Senior Bowler. And the Bengals coached it then. But uh, that had an impact on a couple of these guys. And we'll get into uh, some of the other day three picks that, that it, it impacted. But sticking with Sample, Zach Taylor, I just got off of a, uh, a news conference with him, and he said, we asked all these prospects who the toughest guy was to block, or the toughest guy to block was. And Cam Sample kept coming up. It kept coming up. And he said, so we we went back and watched the tape, and we wanted to see if that lined up with the senior bowl and everything like that. And they really liked him, and they feel good. They feel like they can move him around. And look, I get it. I'm not going to knock them. And that, that's the thing. when I, When I look at this, rounds four through seven and just the trenches in general, just because the players are a little different and you are in on sample for sure, but just because the players are a little different, clearly the Bengals know, Hey, we need to bolster the pass rush. We need to keep the quarterback clean. And they, uh, they've invested a bunch of resources in doing so. Yeah. They had a very clear emphasis 
on the trenches in this draft, especially after, you know, the first round, obviously they go Jamar Chase and then they turn around and say, okay, the rest of our picks are in the trenches and also a kicker, by the way, just for fun. We'll get to the kicker in a little bit because I have an opinion about drafting a kicker in the fifth round. Uh, but Cam Sample, I, I get it. The, again, the guys that I wanted, I was thinking they would go interior defensive lineman if they were sticking on the defensive side of the ball here. And I was also thinking this would be a perfect time to go back to offensive line. The guys that I thought they might pick on the offensive line didn't go for several rounds. Stone Forsythe. Yeah, exactly. Right. So these guys that we've been talking about that, that we talked about on the stream that I talked about on Twitter, that Brandon Thorne has talked about the NFL didn't see it the way that people in the draft expert quote unquote community did. And that should be no surprise to anyone, right? Uh, the, the NFL always sees things a little bit differently and it's a weird year this year too. And that weirdness really plays in to Tyler Shelvin's selection. Before the season started, before COVID, before Tyler Shelvin had to opt out because he showed up at LSU at, according to Mike Renner from PFF, 375 pounds. And Ed Orgeron said, you got to opt out. You're, you're high risk for COVID at that weight. And so he opts out and he sees a precipitous fall in his draft stock to the point where I think he was seen by many as a sixth round kind of guy. But he does have some athleticism for his size and the upside for him, as compared by Justice Mosqueda, who is a, a pretty solid, uh, one of my trusted defensive line evaluators, is DJ Reader. And you can absolutely see that, right? He might be a, a truer nose. DJ Reader might play a little more five tech. If DJ Reader and Tyler Shelvin are on the field together, which they will be at some point, if, if Tyler Shelvin makes a team and is who the Bengals think he is, you're going to see Shelvin at nose. And Reader is going to be the five tech if those two guys are on the field together, right? So this guy, I totally understand it. It's not what I would have wanted, right? But I get it. And, and I can see what the plan is here. And, and I think that after the players picked, yeah, we can grade the pick. But what's more important, James, is it the grade? Oh, yeah, I would have taken him around later. So I'm going to give it a C. Or is it now that we know who all the picks are, how is the plan going to come together for this football team? And that, that is the key, right? And it's uh, it's something that we're going to especially cover on, on Monday's show as we recorded on Sunday where we recap all of these picks. But it, the, the overall plan, what they did, everything, you started to get more of a picture. And the trade down, for example, and let's just refer to the two fourth rounders on day three. That's what allows them to take Evan McPherson where they did. Because you can address the trenches. We've talked about the damn trenches for months on months on months. Doesn't matter what team you're on, Chase or Sewell, everybody knew the trenches had to get better. And so the fact that they get a camp sample, the fact that they're able to go and get a Tyler Shelvin, and that might not be the guys that we thought they might take, but still guys in the trenches that they think can contribute. And then they're able to get Deontay Smith. So suddenly you've taken three straight defensive linemen when you go back to day two with Joseph Asai. And then you're able to address offensive tackle with a guy who has the measurables, 35-inch arms, 85-inch wingspan, the measurables that you're looking for in a a project offensive tackle and uh, a lot to like long-term. And then you feel good about taking risks and doing things like that or maybe overdrafting a guy, um, and not necessarily kicker, just in general, because you've 
shored up what you needed to shore up. And the only reason and the only way they were able to do that, at least from a body standpoint, is by trading back and adding a couple of picks. That's exactly right. And I, and I loved the trade back at the time since we knew that their plan was to pick Jackson Carmen right at the time. And we'll see what Jackson Carmen is. But the point I was getting to earlier, James, is is it more important like the value they get or the plan they have for the team? Ideally, you have both. And I'm not going to excuse them entirely, but I'm also not going to bash them relentlessly for taking a kicker in the fifth round and for taking Shelvin maybe a round or two earlier than consensus had them. Because here's what I think the plan is, James. I think the plan is to use Tyler Shelvin and DJ Reader and Josh Tupo on base downs when, when they're in heavy. And they like that they have those guys and, you know, maybe Rennell Wren and maybe Mike Daniels. They like that they have those guys on the interior. They like their depth on the interior so much more, right? Just by adding a guy like Tyler Shelvin. And then maybe they don't have a nose tech or a three tech, sorry, but they do add Larry Ogunjobi there. And then they get Cam Sample. And you've already got Sam Hubbard on the team. And Cam Sample and Sam Hubbard are going to kick inside on pass rushing downs. And now you have a couple of guys you can put in there on nickel downs as a three tech. You didn't get a Geno Atkins replacement. Instead, you got some guys that can play in both spots. Then you bring in Joseph Osai. He's more of that speed, bursty kind of rusher on the outside, speed to power as well. And you have Hendrickson and Osai on the outside. You're athletic at the edge position. You've got depth inside. The only thing that I really question at this point is do they have enough, enough depth at the edge rusher position on those nickel downs? But then you have Khaled Kareem, and they can start to get mix and match a little bit. I'm sure DJ Vitor will be out there a little bit in those pass rushing situations as well. So that, that I think is where they're going here is that, yeah, maybe it should have been a three tech to Bengals fans or, or a guy more versatile like Tommy Togiai who, who went to the Browns. Unfortunately for me, I can never root for him again, but at least I kind of see what the idea is there and, and I can understand what the, the team building concept is. And real quick, James, before we finish up the fourth round, Deontay Smith, you started to talk about really good athlete, incredibly long. This is a developmental pick, whereas Jackson Carmen is a guy who I think immediately translates to starting at right guard for this team. I think Deontay Smith is a guy that's going to need a little bit of time. He's a guy that Frank Pollock is looking at and saying, hey, if you guys trust me to develop offensive linemen, I want the guy with the 35 inch arms and good movement ability who added weight and was pretty good at the senior bowl, right? Showed it against higher level of competition. A lot of young guys in this class too. I believe Deontay Smith also fits that bill. He does. He does. And, and that's honestly, when I, I looked at the tackle spot, that's what I wanted the Bengals to find. A guy that had the measurables that they thought could develop into a starter. Maybe that's in 2022. If you haven't heard, the Riley Reef is on a one-year deal, if we haven't said that enough and reminded everyone uh, over the past couple of months, right, since he signed. So, yeah, I think I think that's the type of guy. Now, was I in on Deontay Smith like I was some of these other guys? Well, no, but that doesn't mean it's the wrong pick. I only spend so much time on this, and, and that, that's, that's part of it too. I and I'm not saying just trust them blindly, but let's be honest there. And you, you put more time into the film and stuff like that, but it still doesn't compare to what the Bengals have done. So if they feel like, you know, Deontay Smith and, and I got the the sense that Brian Callahan's really excited about adding him, then, you know, we didn't get to talk to Frank Pollock about him, but we did get 
Callahan, like I said, I, I think that they looked at those measurables and that was the key, especially in this draft. And you've pointed this out a lot on the podcast and our uh, regular listeners are probably tired of hearing it. But a lot of these tackles, offensive tackles in this class had short arms and are going to end up playing guard, i.e. Jackson Carmen. Right. And, and that's just part of it. So the fact that they were able to get one in round four that projects to maybe be a starter one day, you, you feel pretty good about it, especially because it was at the end of round four. And we should get to the fifth round here, James. Uh, but I do want to correct one thing. I said that he fits the young bill. He's actually one of the older players the Bengals drafted. He'll turn 23 shortly. I think the Bengals also drafted Chris Evans, the the Michigan running back we'll talk about in a little bit. He turns 24, so a couple of older guys. But most of these guys, pretty young. Coming up next, though, the Bengals drafted a kicker. And it sounds like his job to lose. We'll talk about the Bengals' decision to draft that kicker coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NFL draft might be over, but guess what? You can bet on Jamar Chase being NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year if you want to do it. And who wouldn't want to do that with the Bro to Chase connection? Plus, the NBA in full swing, Major League Baseball. Get in on all the action right now at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch, head over again to betonline.ag. Get off the sidelines. And while you're there, by the way, and you're signing up, you use promo code Locked On with your first deposit, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money at betonline.ag. And make sure you use promo code Locked On when you make that first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. James, real quick before we jump into the kicker in the fifth round conversation, Deontay Smith, a couple of quick things. I corrected his age right before we went to the break. He had a 55th percentile vertical jump. He had a really good broad 92nd percentile broad jump so he can generate that lateral power or maybe not lateral, but but uh, parallel to the ground power. That's what a broad jump is, right? His shuttle, however, 33rd percentile, his 40, 32nd percentile, his three cone 28th percentile. So I think the team sees his athleticism is better than he tested because I think that some of these metrics fall below some of the Bengals thresholds and they just see that length and maybe they were watching Daryl Williams with the with the bills and seeing his length and how that played up and you know maybe they want some of that just speculating there on Deontay Smith but I did say he had good movement skills and while he does have some athleticism to him I just wanted to correct the the movement ability usually when I say that I refer to shuttle and three cone and those were slightly below average times when he did his pro day so With that out of the way, let's talk about Evan McPherson, James. He is the highest rated kicker in this draft, according to Dan Brugler. And according to Darren Simmons, they felt like they had to take him earlier than maybe everyone else thought they should to make sure they got him. And it sounds like they really focused on this kid. No doubt. No doubt about it. Let's uh, first just a couple of stats for people that uh, want to know about McPherson. He made 51 of 60 career field goals, 85% at Florida, 17 of 22 last year. It was the worst season of his career, oddly enough. Um, But despite that, and despite really it was just a a couple of of struggles towards the end of the season, a couple of bad games um, where I think part of it was, is they were letting him kick farther out. And obviously that's uh, more difficult, but leg strength isn't a problem in the pro days where this was kind of one Darren Simmons was working one-on-one with him and watched him. He had 22 kicks Jake at his pro day. He made 21 of them 
including a 60-plus yarder. The one miss was from 58 yards. So this is a kid who's got the leg. Um, a big part of why they drafted him and they wanted him is because they, they're confident he can kick 50-plus routinely, regularly, and, uh, and they believe he can be a weapon. So that's why. Now, as far as taking him in the fifth, I think Darren looked around the league and either he heard something or just looking at different kicking situations thought that McPherson could go at some point in that fifth round because there were teams with multiple picks. At least that's what he said. So from a strategy standpoint, I think, again, when you marry the two, they had already addressed the trenches. They felt like they had almost gotten the needs away. This is a weapon and a guy who could make an instant impact if he is who they think he is. And certainly Darren Simmons feels like he can be a, a special, special player uh, from a, a not only a field goal standpoint, by the way, but from a, a kickoff standpoint and the strategy behind that on special teams. He has to be in order to justify picking him in the fifth round. This is the problem with drafting a kicker is generally speaking, historically undrafted free agent kickers often outperform drafted kickers. There was not another kicker drafted in this draft. There was a punter and two long snappers, incidentally. So quite a few specialists did end up getting picked, but no other kickers ended up getting picked. The The other thing that makes it challenging is that a lot of times kicking stats are inconsistent year over year. They're not very stable, especially when going from college to the pros historically. The hash marks changing does make a difference. Should make it easier, you would think. But it does make a difference. I hope Evan McPherson is the special kicker Darren Simmons thinks he is. I hope this isn't another Jake Elliott situation. But generally speaking, philosophically, I'm just opposed to drafting a kicker a kicker in the fifth round. Now, now that it's done, I can see where it fits, right? Like they think this is their kicker going forward, just like they see a very clear role for these other guys. But draft picks don't always work out. So we'll see what actually shakes out here. I'm certainly rooting for Evan McPherson. When the Bengals were coming up to this this pick, I was looking at guys like Kenneth Gainwell, Amir Smith-Marset, Davion Nixon, Brendan Jameis, guys at positions that have a, a much bigger impact on on the game for the most part. And so... I was looking at one of those four guys. They kind of all went in the next 20 picks. I think I was also talking about for, uh, Stone Forsyth at this point because I talked about him all day today. And the Bengals went with the kicker instead. And so hopefully Darren Simmons had good intel, right? And this was actually necessary. And hopefully his evaluation is correct. I'm certainly rooting for it. It's just a, a philosophical difference, I guess, between me and the Bengals at this point because now the Bengals have done this twice in recent history. It, the difference to me between this one and the Jake Elliott one is I feel like – and I would have to actually go back and watch Darren Simmons and, and what he said then. But he wasn't afraid to say, oh, yeah, this is our kicker. Like this is a this is our guy. And it, it felt like a almost like an open competition. You remember that in training camp? I mean I was there covering it between Randy Bullock and um, uh, Jake Elliott. And it was just like, oh, well, there was this for this today and this for this today. Well, you don't do that when there's a clear-cut starter. Like, I'm not tracking Joe Burrow's completions and incompletions and comparing them to Brandon Allen because I know Joe Burrow is the starter, right? And, and so I do wonder how it's going to be in camp. But to me, it's his job. It's not Austin Seibert waiver claim, all right? It, it isn't that. And, and so that's how I would kind of treat it. 
is Seibert's the backup and maybe a practice squad guy like he was last year. And guess what? Uh, and that, that depends on practice squads and all, all this other stuff. I'm just getting in a whole other bag of worms. But McPherson should be the guy because you're right. If you invest a fifth-round pick in a kicker, that's it. He's your guy. And if he's the next Harrison Butker, right, it doesn't even need to be Justin Tucker. Everyone uses that. He's not the next Justin Tucker. Sorry. that's he's in, Tucker's insane. And I know he looks a little more human recently. But, uh, yeah, if he's the next Harrison Butker or insert whoever can kick from 50-plus regularly, then it's worth it. But that's uh, that's really tough to do, especially in cold weather, which I think will, will take a little of adjusting to do for a kid who's from Alabama, I believe, and then obviously kicked at Florida. Yeah, you said he grew up in Alabama in his pressers, and he was asked. Somebody asked him, who was it? I think it was Dan. Dan asked him, you think you're ready to come kick and, and bet? What's the worst weather you've kicked in? He said, well, sometimes in Alabama in the winter, you know, it gets down into the 30s, and sometimes <laughs> I kick. Uh, you know, I played in the winter in Alabama, so... I don't think that that's any reason to knock the kid, but it was a funny answer. Anyway, James, two more rounds, three more picks to talk about. The Bengals made all seven of their picks on Saturday. We'll finish things up coming up next. There's nothing worse than unreliable transportation. Okay, maybe an unreliable kicker, which is why the Bengals spent a fifth round pick on one. But we want to keep you on the road. And that's why here at Locked on Bengals, we use rockauto.com because the weather's warm now that football season and draft season's over guess what i'm gonna have a little more time to work on the car make little upgrades make little changes make sure my toyota corolla can stay on the road it could be as simple as air filters maybe you just want to get some extra windshield washer fluid or for the big stuff rockauto.com has you covered for every single thing it doesn't matter about the maker model of your car they're gonna have it at rockauto.com. So check them out, all the parts they have to offer. And when you're there, make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box at checkout because, well, we want them to know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. The Bengals got to the last two rounds of the draft and they still had three picks to make. The first of those picks. Well, it still wasn't Stone Forsyth, despite my incessant tweeting about the guy. And I guess we have to move on from him as he was picked by the Seattle Seahawks a little bit later on in the sixth round. Instead, the Bengals opt for Georgia's Trey Hill. Trey Hill is a guy who I think surprised a lot of people by coming out this year. And all of this information comes from Mike Renner. I was watching the PFF draft show today, James. Apparently, he had two torn meniscuses that he played with this year at Georgia really seemed to sap his movement ability and really uh, kind of prevented him from putting together a great year on tape. So there was some, some surprise certainly I think that he came out, but Brandon Thorne had a fourth, fifth round grade on him, I believe. And our guy, Dame Brugler author of the beast over at the athletic had a fifth, sixth round grade on him. So the Bengals getting him at the top of the sixth round seems fairly appropriate Young guy uh, doesn't necessarily have the the foot quickness unless this is just sapped by injury that you would be looking for in a wide zone scheme. So I'm curious about the fit here and, and what position they see him playing at. But he could be a solid center if things work out for him from a health perspective. Uh, just a lot of question marks there. And I think he will need some development time because he didn't really get to finish his development. I like the way that Mike Renner put it on the PFF show as he chose to come out and declare for the draft after his junior season. Yeah, he's one of these guys where 
you hope Frank Pollock can have an impact and maybe he makes the team. Maybe he doesn't. And I, you, you would probably say probably doesn't, especially if Trey Hopkins is healthy, but you never know. And so if you can get one of these guys on the practice squad and work with them, maybe he could turn into a backup one day, right? Or, or maybe he can finish that development. And I'm not trying to cap his ceiling, but these are the type of picks that, you know, if you hit him and he develops, then we've talked about it, right? The fifth, sixth, seventh round guys, and it's hard to do in the seventh round, I guess, but you get my point. And so, yeah, he's one of these guys that played in the SEC, Georgia. We know about how the Bengals have had success with, with Georgia kids. Well, this isn't going to be day one type stuff probably, but Hill had a great attitude on the Zoom. I mean, he was like, hey, I'll play wherever they need me, whatever they need me to do. And that's what you're going to get with, I think, a lot of these guys – that have to wait and he was expecting to wait, but it's gotta be a very tough feeling when you, cause you, you know, there was a party when he signed up to go to Georgia and, and it, you know, you're waiting around and you're seeing all your teammates get drafted and all that. And then you're finally off the board. That's gotta be tough. So the key to someone like this who needs to finish his development, who played through some injuries and didn't get to finish last year, he's got to have that attitude, right? And you hope that Frank Pollock can get the most out of him. Absolutely. And you also hope the Bengals can get a lot out of the next guy that we're going to talk about here. Chris Evans didn't really play in his most recent year at Michigan. After he returned to the Michigan football team, he got kicked out of school. He had an academic suspension from football. But I really like what Dame Brugler's The Beast draft guide has to say about him. He got three jobs. He worked his way back into school, back Onto the football team, he was a carpenter, a dishwasher, and a special teams coordinator at a local high school. Heavily involved in youth sports, started a nonprofit organization. For a guy that got kicked out of school, I mean, that's a, a lot of effort to get back in the good graces of the University of Michigan. And he even goes on so far to say is the character isn't even a red flag necessarily because of the way he responded to it. And the, the best note here, James, my favorite part, of the Chris Evans evaluation and maybe a reason that I saw his name as I was doing research for potential Bengals running back targets was he stays aware in pass protection. He makes cross formation blocks is one of very, very few running backs in this draft guide that, that got any sort of praise for their pass blocking from Dame Brugler. And not only that, he was shredding guys at the senior bowl as a wide receiver so, or not as a wide receiver, but as a receiving running back out of the backfield in one-on-ones against safeties and linebackers. So clearly a guy that fits that Giovanni Bernard mold. And if he makes the team and he, and he shows that he can do what the Bengals think that he can do, he could take some of those snaps this year. Although it is interesting to note a couple of things here. He turns 24 in October. So he's definitely older coming in because he had five years. He missed that year and then went back for another year in 2020. And Brian Callahan said in in the press conference that, you know, they're looking for this to be the year that Joe Mixon is a three down back. So we'll see if that carries over to the field or if Chris Evans does get a chance to work his way into that geo role. I love this pick. I I, I love everything about it. Um, And let's first start with Brian Callahan's comments, because you're right. He talked about his ability as a receiver and you watch him And not that I've watched a ton of them, but I did watch some in between picks because there was actually a little bit of time in between picks uh, today after the Evans pick. I had a little time to to breathe and digest it. 
And he, uh, you could tell he used to be that slot receiver in Michigan used them a little bit like that, but you can see that. And so I think that benefits him so much and probably why he was winning so damn much at the senior bowl in these one-on-ones is because he's learned how to run routes, but the key to it. And I go back to when we were, I don't know if we were mocking or if we were just talking off air or what, but whoever the Bengals were going to draft a running back, it had to have been someone that had the intelligence to one day be a quality pass protector, regardless of Joe Mixon, regardless, because they, they want to at some point have another guy that can come in on third downs and, and they can trust. And that's one of the first things outside of the physical stuff, good hands. I, I think the way Brian Callahan described it was natural hands. He said, man, his intelligence. And so that sticks out to me. And the best part about this, Jake, is it's a sixth rounder. If it doesn't work, Who cares? It doesn't work. But guess what? If it does work, you're talking about a kid, and I know he's older. He doesn't have any miles on on the tires. He's fresh. He's good to go. Feed him, right? You you know, and and, and he'll do – I'm sure he's willing to do whatever. You said how he worked multiple jobs. I bet he's willing to do whatever on special teams to to get on the field if he needs to. By the way, one quick thing and one quick note, and I thought this was kind of a cool thing. Um, he wasn't expecting to get picked by the Bengals, but when they, uh, they called him and picked him and, and we finally get on the zoom with him and start talking to him, he said that the running backs coach at Michigan and it was Harbaugh's brother. And I, I actually forget his first name. I wrote about it at all Bengals, but I forgot his first name. He created a move called the Mixon. And it's all about how Joe Mixon is able to gain ground while being patient and Evans tried to describe it and he was like, it's kind of like a stutter step, but you're also moving forward. And he said that they would do the mixin in practice nearly every other day. And so it's so funny. He was not expecting, he said he had one call with the Bengals coaches about 10 minutes, wasn't expecting. He said, um, one out of 20 teams, he wouldn't have picked the Bengals. If you gave him 20 choices uh, on the team that would have picked him, the Bengals pick him and he's been, trying to do the mixin in practice for for quite some time. So now he's going to get to learn how to do the mixin in real life and in person. Yeah, it sounds like they study quite a bit of Joe Mixon up there at the University of Michigan. He was a three three sport athlete in high school, played basketball, was a track athlete as well. And while we're speaking of of his athleticism before we move on to the Bengals 7th round pick here, he was a freak athlete, man. Tested absolutely outstanding. 5'11", 211 pounds, has giant hands, maybe makes him a natural catcher of the football, nearly 10-inch hands. Ran a 4-5-40 with a 1-5-1 10-yard split. That's a really nice split. Jumped, again, almost as high as Jamar Chase. Jumped almost as far as Jamar Chase in the broad. A great shuttle, a little bit worse than Jamar Chase at a 4-1-4 and a fantastic 6 8 5 three cone that is a really good three cone for a running back really like the bench press of 22 this is a strong kid so really the entire athletic profile is fantastic and i I like that kind of swing i like that kind of swing in the sixth round pff i think had him as as a fringe top 100 player on their board and the bengals get him in the sixth round they finish things up with uh, one of two picks that I got correct in my predictive mock draft, James. And I think we talked about Wyatt Hubert quite a few times on this podcast. The Bengals had early contact with Hubert. And that's the only reason that I thought the Bengals might pick him. 
in the seventh round. He was a very productive player at Kansas State, but is limited athletically, is limited from a size perspective, and will fight to make the team. No doubt. He's, he's going to have to fight, one, because they drafted two other ends. <laughs> I mean, that's just, it's a tough situation. You got Khalid Kareem from last year, uh, obviously Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, and, and so it is going to be tough. But I, I will say this, one, the production stands out. It, it, absolutely. And in part of it, in part of the reason he was productive and he admitted this to us, he was like, look, they move me all around. I'll do whatever. And in one cool note on him, because pick 235 doesn't usually make the team. And if he does, it's going to be because of special teams. Hubert said he would go to every special teams meeting, even as a senior. He wasn't playing special teams, but he wanted to be in on the meetings to, to make sure he was ready because he knew when he got to the NFL, that was going to be the way he would have to stick. And so he's got the right attitude. If you're going to be a seventh rounder and somehow make it, you're going to have to do that. And so I, I like him. He seems like he has a really um, good perspective and knows how he, where he stands and how he stands and was familiar. He was naming Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard multiple times throughout his interview. So, look, productive kid in round seven. There's a lot worse he could do there. And, and maybe it is a, a good locker room guy where worst case you keep him on the practice squad and you have him there and, and see if he can develop at all. Yeah, maybe this is a Darren Simmons pick, right? He was a mm -hmm. team captain as well. He was on the list of team captains. And that's another reason that he stood out as a guy that the Bengals might target on day three. We also have a couple of priority free agents to update you on as we're recording this. We'll have a lot more for you there tomorrow when we have a better idea of what's going on there. But we want to get this episode to you. So Puka Williams is the biggest name that I've seen for the Bengals. He signed as an undrafted free agent running back out of Kansas, and they got a, a new puncher. Apparently a local kid comes from Ohio State back to Cincinnati. Drew Chrisman. Yep, back to Cincinnati, the Ohio State University punter uh, coming to, to Cincinnati. That, that's going to be an interesting one, i got to say. That's got to be interesting. Darius Hodge, the Marshall defensive end, has signed there. Pro Wells, who has a great name, Pro Wells, TCU tight end signing with the Bengals and Antonio Phillips, Ball State cornerback, got a $25,000 signing bonus, I believe, uh, which is uh, nice for the Ball State corner. So those are the ones as of now, about 735 Eastern time, Saturday night that we have. But like Jake said, we're going to have a ton more on Sunday afternoon or so when we record. Yeah, we'll have a full draft recap coming your way tomorrow, as well as grades that don't matter at all. And I think are silly, but I know people will want them. So we'll grade each pick, James. We'll grade the overall draft. We'll talk about the pre-draft perspective that we shared that they could pick Jamar Chase in the first round and get the quality offensive lineman they needed later. We'll talk about whether they executed that plan well enough because I think they certainly did more or less execute the plan that we went through when we did our predictive mock draft, which was wide receiver first a lot of trench work, and a kicker at some point. That's pretty much the way that it went for the Bengals this weekend. Until tomorrow's show when we will do our post-draft retrospective episode, Hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.